Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. We're here in the studio with Amy Young, Amy Young Co. on IG. It's just like, yeah, I had to come up with something. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you know, and also, it's Co-P, but I will say it's short. I thought of it as short for coaching because uh-huh. that's my- Oh, like, I thought it was company. Yeah. And that's what people always think that it's like, think it's a company. And I'm like, I don't think of myself as a company. I think of myself as a coach. Just <laughs> for the record. Like, coaching. I get it. Amy Young Co. Coaching. <laughs> I know. I love, oh, so this is Amy's first time in LA. Yeah. Where, where have you been so far? You've been here like what, four days? I've been here, yeah. I got here on Friday. I've been Culver City. I came to Manhattan Beach on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in Venice yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fun. We did a long drive up Mulholland Drive and oh, like fun. drove through like Beverly Hills, which was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I am <laughs> not fancy enough to be here. <laughs> yeah, we've been kind of just bebopping around. It's really nice. I love when you're like a tourist here. You do all the things. Yeah. Because I literally just did the Hollywood sign yesterday. I've been here for three years and it's the first time I've done the Hollywood sign. Never been out to Rodeo Drive or mm-hmm. spent time in Beverly Hills or anything. Just because, like we we're saying, traffic. I don't want to drive out there. Yeah. Right. So I've hardly left the like Venice, Manhattan Beach, Santa Monica area. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, but yeah. I know. Anyway, it's fun. So, so Amy, I actually found Amy. Somehow on IG, I don't know if somebody shared you or you were in the Explore tab, but uh, I followed you and then I just fell in love with how you do your stories. Like, I'm so, I don't know, I love the stories. Everybody knows that. And Amy just has a really, she's, you're a dating coach, Mm -hmm. a life coach, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. I say, typically I'll say I'm a life coach who works with single women. Mm -hmm. Awesome. More than like, even I, sometimes I'll say dating coach because that's just easier, but then people are like, oh, so you're like hitch. Oh and yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. I'm not like hitch you're at all. <laughs> you're like, no, <laughs> like no. I don't, you know, but um, no, it's much more kind of, because it is. I mean, I think with any really like strong coaching, it's always going to be kind of more holistic. Like sure, I would say sure. the same thing in like the fitness space, right? Yeah. Like it's like you're not just going to give people workouts. Like yeah. I'm not just giving people like, hey, this is a good pickup line. You sure. Know? Like it's like looking at kind of what's under the surface of everything. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's what I love too. You always just give really like great sharp advice and oh, it's thanks. just you can tell like your your niche is really strong talking to single women and I was a single woman when I found you and I was yeah. like I love this yeah that makes me so yeah <laughs> so let's like just get a little background yeah. I think you didn't you started not on Instagram obviously mm-hmm. so how did you get into doing what you're doing now um so it was a total accident in that I had started my YouTube channel first so in 2012 I was living in New York City mm-hmm. I was a bartender and an actor and a comedian and I started my YouTube channel just as like a creative outlet for me to just, cause I was getting like really tired of the entertainment industry. And I loved, like I followed vloggers and thought it would be fun. So I got into it. And then over the course of a couple years, I developed like a small following, but I wasn't really, I wasn't really talking about what I'm talking about sure. now. I was just kind of doing what I thought was fun. But when I looked at all the videos that I'd made, like when I did a little bit of a retrospective, I was like, it's weird. I have so much to say about all this dating and relationship stuff. <laughs> like I was like, I didn't even know that that was like something that I had a lot of opinions about. And that was what (laughs) so many people really responded to as well. And then I made a very, I was going through some really hard stuff in my personal life and like with mental health. And I made a very kind of vulnerable video talking about like, I'm going through something really hard. I'm dealing with anxiety. I'm feeling like not like myself. And 
that's partly why I have been uploading, just being very transparent and people really mm-hmm. responded to that, you know, and um, appreciated the honesty and, and I shared some of what had worked for me. And then about like a year later, I was just looking at what am I actually doing in my life? Like I was in my mid twenties. I didn't want to be in New York anymore. I'd just gotten out of a relationship, the entertainment thing. Like I didn't want to be an actor. And around the same time, a handful of women who had been following my YouTube videos found my actor website, like all independently in like different parts of the globe and emailed me just saying like, one, I really like your videos. And two, I'm also like dating this guy and he's doing this weird thing. And like, have you ever encountered something like that? Or like, what's your take on this? So I kind of fell into a really casual email correspondence Uh that way. And I was looking at like grad school programs and I was like, am I going to get like a psychology degree? (laughs) Because I thought maybe I wanted to be a therapist. And I remember just sort of thinking like, you know, I feel like stuff is already kind of like there's something already happening here. And I knew about coaching because my dad was a coach and and he'd built his own business. And I was like, you know, I think that if I just really make this, like if I put a stake in the ground here and I make this my thing and I, you know, go to coaching school or whatever and figure out what I'm doing, then this could be like a legit thing that I'm doing. And it just works. (laughs) I love it. I mean, I I like, it was a lot of steps, you know what I mean? But it was like, that was, that was like early, uh, that was like 2014, you know? And, and I think like a year and a half later I was coaching full time. Very cool. So amazing. Yeah. So start on YouTube and you kind of just grew like a little bit of a following there. People really connected with you. I think Mm -hmm. video is so great for that. Mm -hmm. And then, so we always kind of ask this question. We've always talked a lot about relationships, but you know, when someone calls themselves like a relationship expert, what do you think that that really, like, what are the qualifications or what do you think like makes someone good at what you do? Yeah. So one, I always do clarify for people that like, I don't think of myself as a relationship expert. I do think of myself as a relationship coach. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference there for me and that one, I, I think it's a really lofty claim for anybody to call themselves a relationship expert, Mm -hmm. even though there are clearly like people who are leaders in the field, relationships are just a constant area of like mystery (laughs) for everybody, (laughs) which is why I think we're also drawn to them on a personal level. But also if you're in the um, personal development space, it's so fascinating to get to just constantly kind of explore like dynamics and like, you know, attachment theory had like this huge resurgence a couple years ago. And so I think that there's just like an inherent mystery to all of it that makes it really compelling to just everybody. For me personally, and the reason why I say it was a total accident was because if you, we were having this conversation, you know, 10 years ago, I was the friend who had the most like relationship challenge drama like weird nightmare stories, like just wasn't making good decisions, like super hot, messy. And I didn't know it at the time, obviously, but like I was really looking at relationships to receive like all the fulfillment and sense of self-worth and like happiness Mm -hmm. that I felt like I was missing Mm -hmm. on my own. But at the time I was just like, no, I just want a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And so I had a really, I always tell people I had a really colorful (laughs) dating history yeah and I had a lot of relationship experience for a pretty young age so when I started making my videos and it was sort of like I said I didn't even know that I had that much to say as I was doing that I was like I guess I do have a lot to say and I actually have so much to say that people are now asking me for assistance which was such like um sort of like weird thing because I was like I don't feel like I know what I'm doing but I learned a lot Yeah. yeah you know which I think is true for anybody who feels that they have some level of expertise or that they have enough expertise to be able to coach or assist or support someone else in their Mm -hmm. own journey. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, most of the people I know who I feel like are really good at that, it's because they learn through trial and error or they learn through making mistakes. I always talk about like, I learned a lot of stuff the hard way. I want to tell you about it so you don't have to learn about it it. the hard way, even though I don't know that there really is. (laughs) I know. That's what's like when I was catch 22. Well, there's a lot of theory out there too. So Jill and I, we went through our marriages that both ended um, from our ex-husband's infidelity. Yeah. And so we've been single for the last couple of years. And then we just both recently got into relationships. Mm. And a few, I don't know, like half a year ago, maybe a little more, uh, maybe a year ago, we did an episode on trusting again. And there's so much theory on like, yes, we could do this. And and like we have the idea and the theory behind it, but putting it in practice, like what you're saying, the trial and error is a completely different story. Mm-hmm. So having the experience, like you could have said, well, I read a million books on relationships mm-hmm. and I have these ideas, but I like that you've had the like you said colorful history the challenges and the trial and errors because you do learn a lot from that and not everybody learns from that a lot of people just keep bumping their head against the wall but it sounds like so were you doing a lot of personal development work on your own or you're just the kind of person who's really introspective I think both Mm -hmm. I think well one like I grew up in a family that's like super new age Mm self-helpy like uh, yeah like when I was in high school I make the joke that like other kids were going to like concerts on weekends and my parents were like we're gonna go see Abraham Hicks (laughs) and that's so I grew up very much in this world of just kind of being introspective or thinking about things in like a bigger broader way and Mm -hmm. asking big questions about like purpose or why does the world work this way or why are humans this way and then I got to a point when I was like dealing with like anxiety or depression in college or in my early 20s when I started working with a therapist who like completely forced me to like rework all my shit like the most brutal way as a good therapist <laughs> and that, well. that was a really good therapist yeah and yeah. She, and so that was like a big turning point for me too of like having these awakenings of thinking that you're doing things because it's just who you are and it's just Mm -hmm. how it is. And this is just how people are, how relationships are and realizing like, Oh no, I'm doing things this way because there's specific stuff about me, you know, that like actually isn't really serving me anymore. Mm -hmm. And how do I, and and then you're presented with a choice, right? Which is like what I, you know, I'm working with my clients on all the time is like, you can go off of your sort of programming and that'll produce certain results. And maybe you've seen enough of those results to realize that those aren't the results that you want to produce anymore. (laughs) Um, Or you get to be a choice, you know, which yeah, isn't easy. Yeah. Like, and I think that's another thing that we talk about all the time. Right. And and anyone who's in the personal development world is like, you get to choose. And I say it all the time to people. It's hard. Yeah. Like practice. It's so hard. And like, and I think relationships because things get so formed, like these bonds and attachments Mm -hmm. and the sort of the way that we are gets formed so early. Yeah. It's like the most, it's like the gnarliest reprogramming that you can do (laughs) is in the relationship sphere because old habits die really hard there. Such a good, say like the gnarliest way. I think that's a really good adjective. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm interested in, you know, you said you work with mostly with single women. Yes. So then what are they coming to you looking for? Like, what's the biggest thing that people are like, I need your help because they're navigating dating relationships. Yeah. They want to be in a relationship or like, what's the thing that's the biggest um, women that I work with primarily are at a point in their lives where they have seen a pattern of getting involved with people who either like aren't a good match for them mostly because like they can't meet their needs or they're in really volatile like mm-hmm. kind of like explosive relationships mm-hmm. like it feels like it's a roller coaster ride all the mm-hmm. time or they get into really codependent couplings where it's like I just give and give and give and he can't give back or I feel like I'm supporting him and all of this stuff and they're like I don't want to keep choosing these people I don't want to keep getting in these same relationships and like the thing that I love the 
most about like my online audience or community is like people are so self-aware that they're like, and I recognize that it's something with me, Yeah, yeah. you know? So a lot of the times women will say like, yes, I want to be in a healthy relationship. And yeah, I'm really, really looking for like my dream guy. Of course, that's what I want. But before I even do that, like, can I just feel okay by myself first? Like, can Mm -hmm. you help me just feel more comfortable in my own skin and like I'm not broken and messed up and like help me with some self-love stuff. Yeah. And I, cause I always yep. say that, you know, and I, I think most people would, would agree. I'd love to like debate someone who didn't, but you know, <laughs> that that's going to be the best place to really be pursuing a relationship from anyway is yeah. when you feel kind of whole and satisfied yep. on your own. Like I, my number one rule for dating, if I have any rule is don't go to the grocery store when you're hungry. Right. You know, like, cause <laughs> yep. think about what happens. Sure. Yep. Like you make bad decisions. You're yep. like not thinking clearly. It's like stressful. It's confusing. You go home with a bunch of stuff you don't need. Yep. Dating <laughs> is just like that too. Yep. Like you're lonely, you're sad, you're freaked out about the future, you're feeling desperate, you are not going to be able to make intelligent decisions in your dating life. Oh, it's so good. I think that so often, like I'm putting in quotes here, dating coaches or people who who say that it's like they can tell how to get the like I mean even there's people out there they have a program called how to get the guy how to it's like cool getting the person is easy and you can but it's like what kind of person are you getting and then Mm -hmm. at what point like what what is that getting you what's next and you I really do believe you have to feel more whole and more you have to feel good on your own before you bring someone else in because it is so messy like you Especially you're bringing all like, your own junk in and then somebody else's shit. And you're like, okay, let's just have a shit sandwich and mix <laughs> yeah. it all together. Like it's just I know, not. We just interviewed someone last week and she was saying dating is, or relationships even, not even just romantic, is like everyone's traumas are like bumping up against yeah. each other's. So yeah. like, and you have to have that certain level of awareness. And so what do you, like, what do you think about, we've talked about this a little bit, like the societal kind of standard or expectation that like if you're in a relationship you're good right? yeah like, and that's like the safe place to be it's always yeah. like, the automatic goal so you have people coming to you being like I want to be in a relationship but like how can I feel worthy yeah when I'm quote single I right? know like there's a stigma yeah I like rage against that so hard <laughs> like it gets me so angry and fired yeah. up yeah also because I, I do believe and I see that it targets women more specifically than men. Sure. Like men. Because yeah, there's like the bachelor. Yeah. Like, like men who can sort of be the eternal bachelor. And although people might be like, oh, you know him, like he's never going to settle down. It's not like, oh, something is really wrong. With right. Him. Yeah. Whereas yeah. with women of a certain age, you know, it's like, oh, you couldn't get one. Right. Her face was so good. It's like that pity. So, like, ooh, approaching it's 40. Horrible. Like, you're like, oh, like we're, you're whispering it. Like, like oh she's like something just didn't she happen. must have like cobwebs in her vagina it's awful <laughs> like so so yeah so there's this like deep shame attached to being yeah. alone yeah which doesn't make any I mean it makes sense to me within the context of our society but when you look at I say to people I'm like you're you're born alone yeah you want to die alone yeah like might as well learn to be comfortable being alone yep. in the interim which is not to say that like relationships aren't beautiful and valuable and there's reasons why we crave partnership and deep connection. But the idea that you can't be whole by yourself or that you need a partner to be fulfilled or that something is wrong with you because you're not married Mm -hmm. or because you aren't choosing a, a conventional relationship dynamic or whatever it might be, like all of that is just such unhealthy noise that really can, I think it confuses people because it makes us look at our lives through this like murky lens of like who we think we're supposed to be and who we think we should be to be happy. But being in a relationship doesn't guarantee you're going to be happy. I mean, we've all been in really unhappy relationships and like you can be in a relationship and be lonelier than you would be 
you know, by yourself. Yep. Um, but there's this convenient, I think when you're single and I say this, you know, having been single and gone through different phases of my own journey, that it's like, it's an easy thing to kind of hang your unhappiness on. Mm-hmm. Yep. That sounds sort sure. of insensitive, right? But you know yeah. what I mean? It's a little hanging like, fruit. Like, oh, if I just had a guy yes. or I lost 10 pounds, it's, like, it's similar. Uh, yes, it's exactly the same thing. Like, it's like, oh, I must be so dissatisfied because, and that was my story for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, I don't feel great because I don't have a boyfriend. So if I can just check the boyfriend box, I'll get to feel better about myself. Yeah. And yeah, I would get like a little boost for a little while, but that's a Band-Aid fix. That's yeah. not actually healing whatever yeah. is happening on a deeper level. We've actually had an interesting thing uh, was with Jill's family in Chicago for a holiday thing. And it's like, it's come up for me and for her, which was, we're both in relationships now and people saying, oh, you look so happy. You look look so so happy happy now. now. I want to punch people in the face. I get so (laughs) angry. I'm like, bitch, I was happy before. (laughs) You're like, what did I look like? What did I I look like? They're like, you just didn't. And I'm like, that's your fucking story. I know. Don't get that shit on me. I know. (laughs) I know. It's like, like, you want to go, well, thank you. But also I wasn't unhappy before. And so her stepmom was saying that and then I was getting that on some social media I posted actually but so funny for, for people listening so I had a program I made in 2017 and I wrote about like people were literally texting me like you look so good now you look so happy now I was not in a relationship I actually just left my marriage mm. and I don't think those people knew at the time so they're like you look really happy and I had just moved out to LA and I was like really just working on myself and so I attributed that to like this is all the self-work I'm doing showing on the outside well, we just launched the happiness diet and I used some of that same copy, just copied and pasted. Like I took an old post, used some of the same copy and I put it in a post and people were like, yeah, you do look so happy now. It's because you're in a relationship. I'm like, no, this is actually, I wrote this in 2017. <laughs> so nope, it's Isn't not. that amazing? <laughs> but people do kind of put that on you totally. as well. So you kind of, it just kind of fuels the belief that the relationships are going to make you happier. You're going to look happier. And there is something to say about being in love and like the glow being in love. I think that's true, but it's not. And being in the right relationship. Yes, sure. That's, you know, the the qualifier I always put on it is it's like, yeah, being in the right relationship can have really like exponential side effects in terms of the the overall quality of your life, of course. But it's got to be the right relationship. (laughs) I think we get a lot of people who are in relationships that I think they maybe inherently know aren't good, but they're not sure how to have conversations or they're not sure how to get out of them. And I was looking at some of your YouTube stuff about boundaries. How do you, how do you like talk about boundaries with people so that they like, let's say they're already in a relationship that's not ideal. Mm -hmm. How do you help someone have the conversations to say like what they need or what they don't need and like facilitate those kind of things? So I always say like, I would start by going to the source, which is always you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a mis- I don't want to say it's a mistake, but I think a lot of people will jump into that conversation, which is like fine, but without first kind of thinking about like, wait, what can I just do with me to maybe like help get myself to like a more empowered place or feeling a little bit stronger on my own or because just doing that will kind of jostle the relationship dynamic mm-hmm. a little bit. So I'll use an example that like when I, my last relationship that I was in before I left New York, I was with this really great guy. I joked that like he was a great guy. He was a crappy boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Like he was like a really amazing human being, but he was in a crazy season of life and he was really busy and he just couldn't be as available as I wanted him to be because I wanted him to be available all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, <laughs> I need you at my yeah. beck and call 24-7. So I really made myself available to him yep. in a big way because he was the one with the busy schedule. I didn't have as much going on. 
I didn't really know how to take great care of myself at the time. Like I didn't know like the building blocks and the fundamental things that I just needed to feel okay. So like I would, you know, spend like four nights a week at his place and like be packing a bag and going back and forth and feeling like scattered and ungrounded. And like my workout routine Mm -hmm. would fly out the window and I'd be like grabbing a bagel in the morning and a coffee. And, you know, like just, I felt things now that when I look back, I can clearly see that like, oh, I wasn't taking good care of myself. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of subcontracting all of that out onto him unconsciously. Mm -hmm. And then when he won, I wasn't doing it directly. Like I wasn't like, hey, this is what I need from you. I was just like, you should read my mind, which he couldn't do. Um, (laughs) So I remember I started kickboxing as just like something that I knew that I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And the kickboxing place happened to be like close to my apartment. And I wanted to be there for the 9 a.m. class. So it's sort of, so I was like, this is something that's really important to me. I want to make it a priority. Like it's good for my mental health. It's good for my physical health. It's like a hobby. I need that right now. So I started just prioritizing that for me. And that jostled things a little bit because suddenly he was like, oh, oh, you're not going to stay over tonight because like I thought you were going to stay over and we could do like our like Netflix, like Oreo party thing mm-hmm. that we do. <laughs> and and I was like, no, I want to go home so that I can go to kickboxing in the morning. Yeah. And I wasn't doing it as some type of move to be like, I'm right. going to pull away from you so that you'll come after me, sure. which is another thing I see people do that's really like yeah. kind of creepy and weird. But um, it was genuinely like, no, I have to take care of myself and start putting myself first. Yeah. And if you can discover ways, you know, kickboxing is one example, but if you can discover some specific ways to start feeding yourself Mm -hmm. and to start prioritizing yourself and get clear on like, well, what are my needs? And actually, how can I give that to myself before I just try to go to my partner and make them the the source through which I'm going to get all of that? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, my biggest problem was that like, I didn't know how to attend to myself like I didn't know how to give myself the attention that I that I wanted from a partner Mm -hmm. you know but no one else is ever going to be able to take care of you you know in in the way that you might want or think that they should that's not another person's job like someone can support you in you taking care of yourself and they can help and do things but like Mm -hmm. it has to come from us first so I think just starting with like, de- start developing some new like self-care habits and routines that really fuel you. I would say fuel you and challenge you yep. and commit hard. And that'll just change things in that like, you'll start feeling differently. So you'll probably start showing up in the relationship a little bit differently. Your partner will notice a difference, even if it's not super obvious, like even just in terms of the dynamic or the energetics of it or whatever, mm-hmm. like things just get shifted. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in that better feeling place, you're going to be much more equipped to be able to actually go. Like for me, it got to the point where, you know, I realized like, oh, I'm always working around your schedule. Mm -hmm. Like that's why things feel so lopsided and I'm like mad at you for no reason. You know, like I'm always working around your schedule and I'm frustrated that I'm always making myself available to you. Mm -hmm. And that led to the harder conversations of him having to go like, you know what? You're right. Like I can't be a good partner right now. Yeah. You know, and and I think the thing that's really hard is we so often like we make the relationship lasting a priority over Mm. either individual's happiness or fulfillment. You know, like we're like, you know, what's most important is that we just stay together. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, what's most important that like we both thrive and flourish. Mm. And if we can't do that together, then that's not love. You know, like if if us being together continuously like limits us and is making us both more unhappy than like 
something's wrong here. What do you do? What do you say to like, you know, couples who have been together 30 years, like 20 years, and they're like, we just prioritize the relationship. Mm -hmm. They're like, we compromise. That's what a relationship is. Mm -hmm. How do you know what that balance is? Because we hear that a lot, right? Like, oh, like if you really care. Danny and I had, especially when we we were both with our husbands for about 10 years and had a lot of shame Mm -hmm. because we had a lot of people saying like, well, if you really want to work, you'll stick it Mm -hmm. out. You'll do what it takes. Mm -hmm. Like we couldn't, we like couldn't stick it out. Like it was at a point where like we had, that we had to go. Yeah. And so like there can be shame even around that. Like, oh, I didn't try hard enough or like, and so how do you balance, okay, flourishing yourself, but mm-hmm. then also choosing the relationship and working on the relationship? Yeah. Well, I think a big thing is one defining, and this is, I mean, this is sort of like maybe going back a few steps, but I don't think it's ever late to do this, is like defining, well, what's the purpose of our relationship? Mm-hmm. And for some people, truthfully, the purpose of their relationship is like comfort and security. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like this is what our relationship exists for. It's like comfort, convenience, security. I know couples like sure. that. Yep. And Maybe that wasn't a conscious decision that they made, but that's how they're operating right now. It's like the primary reason, the primary purpose behind our relationship is that we get to have a degree of comfort and security with each other and it's familiarity and we don't have to worry about it. And if that works for you, like if those are your top values, then great, like run with that. Mm -hmm. But if it feels like it's not working, and I always just say like, if it feels like something is off, Mm it is off. Like yeah. something's yeah. off. Like, <laughs> I love that. Yep. And, and that might require sort of reevaluating, like what is the purpose of us being together? Because if it's not just so that like we have someone to go do stuff with and like we're, you know, just here to, to co-parent together and like sleep in the same bed at night, yep. you know, like if, if you want a relationship that is, is going to be, you know, just, I'll use the example of like, I view largely relationships as being about growth, you know, and looking at the relationship as like a, like a safe space that you can go from and also a place that's going to inherently challenge you to grow in different ways because sure. intimacy forces us to face aspects in ourselves that we otherwise would not. Yep. Um, <laughs> talk about that. Yep. Just, like, single, 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 easier. <laughs> I know. Right. That's the other thing. And I say to my, cause my audience is primarily single, but like sometimes I'll say on Instagram, like, I'm like, all you people who are married, yeah. will you please just like tell like I'll put up like the little poll I'm something like let's just remind everybody that like relationships don't mean your life is easier yeah, yeah. in a lot of cases like it can actually make things way more complicated <laughs> yep um but I think sort of defining for yourself or like what a great conversation to have with your partner right which to be able to introduce a topic and be like well what really is the purpose of our relationship for both of us mm-hmm. and are we aligned in it or are we not aligned in it if we, are there things that you want from this relationship that I don't want and like Let's just talk about that stuff. So I think the thing that's hard about it is a lot of that, what you have to do there is you have to actually look at maybe some cracks in the foundation mm, yeah. and that freaks everybody out. Right. Yeah. But think about like if you're living in a house and it has a really jacked up foundation, don't you want to fix that sooner rather than later? Yeah. Because if you don't, it's just going to get worse and it's just, you know, the misalignment is going to continue to grow and it's going to gnaw at both of you in all these different ways. Versus if you can have a really open conversation and even say in that conversation, look like, I want to be with you more than anything in the world. Like this relationship is everything to me. I'm not raising these issues because I want us to grow further apart. I'm raising this because I actually want us to be closer than we've ever, ever been before. You know, and I think that framing it that way for people is really important that like having those hard conversations, being honest about where your dissatisfaction might lie or what isn't working or the compromises you're making that aren't comfortable anymore. Those are actually going to be vehicles for you to 
get back on the same page together in a new way and the relationship might change, but the goal is for it to change for the better. Right. Hey there, this episode is brought to you by the Happiness Diet, thehappinessdiet.com. So Jill and I wanted to put together a program that really takes all of the tools and strategies we use to get through the end of our marriages, to communicate better, to deepen our relationships with other people, and put them all together in one program. Uh, Y'all, these are the same strategies and tools that I have been able to actually have a relationship with my mother, which if you've heard anything of the podcast, you know that that's been a struggle. It's helped me and my new boyfriend really have some deep conversations and hard conversations early on. So where I feel like we have expedited the relationship many, many more months than we have been together because of these kind of tools and the ways to bring up conversations that are hard and how to manage those. So we put these all into one six-week course called The Happiness Diet. It's a daily email course, plus there's six weeks of video modules. I would love for you to check it out. We are have already have rave reviews. You can go to thehappinessdiet.com and we'll see you back in the episode. I love that because it's so counterintuitive. Yeah. I think sometimes when we bring something up to our partner, depending on how they are, like I think we both see it the same way you do as like it's growth enhancing, it's deepening. Yeah. But like I think a lot of people don't like when feathers are ruffled. No. So it's like, hey, I'm bringing us something that's uh, that I'm not satisfied with. This means something's wrong. Yes. And it's like, actually, it might not mean that it's wrong. It means it actually is really good, but I want it to be better. Like you said, I love the, the you know, kind of the foundation. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I, I, I mean, my boyfriend's a little bit that way. Like he likes things to just be like Smooth. as long as... And I'm like, yeah. this is actually, we're fucking talking. Like, I know. Like, this is good. I like it. Yeah. 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 But, and so, yeah, it's, that's definitely been a challenge for yeah, sure. Yeah, it can be tricky. And I think a lot of it too is like you figure out, this is what's so, this is like something I really love about relationships that like blows my mind is like when two people come together, you aren't even really aware of it, but you know, every like micro moment that you have with that person is establishing a culture within mm-hmm. the relationship, right? So it's like, So an example that I use is like if you're dating someone and you're eight weeks into getting to know them and they, um, what would be like an, what can I use as like an example (laughs) that would be like an interesting (laughs) thing? Um, And they're consistently late, Mm -hmm. right? And they're late and maybe they have really good reasons for being late, right? But, and and it's okay with you, but it also kind of bugs you. The longer you let that go on, the more you're establishing the culture in the relationship is to say, like, it's fine if you're late and you don't respect my time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fine. And you do that for like a year or two years and you've got this tiny itch of satisfaction, dissatisfaction going. Like, it's just like a little bit and a little bit. You wait and wait and wait. It's going to become more and more intolerable and unbearable to you. And you're going to be inventing a story about like you're late and now it's because you don't care about me and mm-hmm. it's because you don't mm-hmm. have any integrity and it's because I can't trust you. And like, oh, where are you? You know? So in the early stages, especially like be really clear. And this is some of the pre-work that I think why I work with single women is because I'm like, I want to work with you before you get into the relationship mm-hmm. ideally, because that's just going to be easier to sort out your shit before you're like you said before, you're just bumping up traumas yeah. with another person twenty four seven. You know, like if you can figure out sort of early on, like what are those things that I know I need, or what is the culture that I want to establish in my relationship? Which, like for me, obviously, I'm in this line of work. Like I'm like, 
we're going to talk about things. Yeah. Like I'm going to bring things up to you. I want you to bring things up to me. I want us to have a really transparent Mm -hmm. dialogue going about not just our lives, but also like what's working and not working for us. Some people don't want that. Yeah. So I want to, you know, so like, I want to be able to discern that very early on. And we all have stuff like that, you know? Do you think some women who maybe work with you are kind of like in this space, they're like working on themselves and doing all the things, maybe draw a line in the sand too early of like, they're not tolerant or they're like, "Uh, it's a deal breaker. I want to have this, this, and this. And they kind of have these like, almost these like deal breaker attitudes before going into it because they feel like they've done so much work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I feel like I see that a little bit. Yeah, I do too. And I think it's, um, I think it's a dance, you know, like I think that it's, we want things to be so black and white, right? Like we want it to be like, oh, he showed up 10 minutes late for the first date. He's an asshole. And it's like, well, wait a second. Like think about the circumstances and how did he handle the fact that he was late? And did he text you 20 minutes beforehand to let you know that he was in traffic? Mm -hmm. You know, like, or, you you know, and did you have a really good time despite the fact that he was late? And, you know, I think that there is this instinct just to make things sort of easier for ourselves. Sure. Like I'll just create these really harsh, rigid rules and yeah. parameters for myself. And then I'll keep myself in this little box where like no douchebags can get to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I've seen this thing of like yeah. people, these posts are like, wait for your king. And, um, and I love your like kind of segment of like the man who wants to be with you yeah. and you do these things. And I love those, okay, but I think you. sometimes it could be taken to a line of like, if they don't, if there's like 20 things I want yeah. and they're hitting 18, then, they're not the right one yeah. and we have to like scratch them off the list. Especially and because and I'd be interested in like the, especially like online dating and like apps. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like we've kind of created a culture of like, there's so many options mm-hmm. that we don't feel like we're kind of constantly needing to hold out or is there a moment I, I where like you're just like, hear, you know, this one's good enough. Yeah. I hear that as like a theory a lot that people are like, oh, it's so, it's been made so disposable, but I... So I teach an online dating workshop where one of the like big themes that I underline is that is like we have to remember that these are all humans, Mm -hmm. you know, and if and it's not like if you want to be like this app is making me treat people like they're disposable, well, take some responsibility for yourself there. Like, let's actually get in touch with the truth of it, which is like, no, this is a person just like you're a person. And I say to women all the time, too, that I'm like men have like deep insecurities and things that they're afraid of and their own intimacy stuff. And, you know, like it's very easy. I think there's such a, it's never been easier for women to uh, really, really villainize men. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's, and I mean, and I've done it too. And I think that culturally we're in such a time where there's so much of that going on, but I don't know that that's, I don't know that that's a hundred percent true that like that there is just this feeling of like, Oh, there's something better Around out the there corner, yeah. because simultaneously everyone is just in like entrenched in scarcity mindset at yeah. the same time. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, so it's true. not like everyone's like, there's so many amazing candidates, you know, like I don't have to pick this one. It's more like people are approaching it from a place of like, no one is going to fit. Like, yeah. so, you know, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Maybe it's just Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. No, LA, I you like are, never no, run out I'm of, sure there's other people. Yeah. I mean, you're I'm sure right. Thing, I guess I but. do see both. It's like, there's not enough good men out there. Nobody's out there. And then I see the other, I think what I usually see that message from is people who are in a relationship. So they're like these <laughs> the married couples greener. and they're like, wait for your king. He's worth it. And I'm just like, 
okay, well, you're not out there. (laughs) So thanks for the tip. But um, so, yeah, I think there are kind of competing messages of like, you need to make sure you get every single thing you want. You're a queen. You did deserve to be treated as such, which you do. But also that doesn't mean that you're future king doesn't have some no. issues he has to work through too, or that right? like you're not gonna have I tell people like oh you feel like you're in a really good place and you have your shit together and you're all whole all by yourself get, get into a, a relationship, relationship. <laughs> yes. throw your shit it's gonna show off. you <laughs> everything about yourself Dude. that you don't want to see don't want to look at <laughs> don't want to totally. so so true yeah so it is I think it is a balancing act yeah. of realizing that it's like oh no I'm I'm deserving of like a good, a good partner and I want a healthy relationship and I have to clean up like my side of the street. Totally. And, and part of cleaning up your side of the street is learning to be discerning about who you invite into your world and, and who you lovingly say no thank you to. (laughs) But I think, I think it's very hard. And again, because I work with so many women who have been like burned really, really badly, which I think, I mean, which is like, most people you know like I'm like most of us of course like everyone's been burned so people are just more guarded and defensive Mm -hmm. which is such an inhibitor to creating connection you know Mm -hmm. of of just sort of being willing to like wait and see I tell clients all the time I'm like you're in wait and see mode like you don't know you want to make a decision right now but give it a couple weeks like okay so you set a boundary with him see how he responds like don't just throw in the towel and cut it off because you're going to learn more if you can kind of stay open and just continue to feel it out. Mm. That's such a great point. Cause I think we're, we're the inner control freak of all of us yes. just wants to be like, I'm the one in charge, right? Yes. It feels empowering, even though it might be a little bit premature. Yeah. yeah. What do you say to We have a, so we have a big listenership of women who are maybe a little bit, I don't say older, but like definitely in that like forties, fifties, Making a huge life change, maybe leaving a relationship, cool. like getting out, maybe dealing with infidelity and are scared, frankly, yeah. being like 40s, 50s and kind of being like, I haven't dated in 20 years. Yeah. I don't understand the landscape. Yeah. I don't even know if I got anymore. I don't yeah. like, you know what I mean? And I'm scared that the dating pool is so small, but I am comfortable in this relationship. So how do you address or do you work with people who are kind of like that or is yeah. it all like 20 something? No, no. I've worked with a range. Like I've worked with women the range of like 19 to like, you know, mid six. Um, and one, I think like not to like scare anybody or whatever, but I think like the landscape has changed a lot. We're in a really unique time relationally in that, like, you know, I talk about even like my parents' generation or especially like the generation previous, like there were really clearly defined roles and expectations for everybody. Like, and, and the expectations were in general pretty low, um, you know, like, so it was like, everyone kind of knew like, Hey, this is, I'm the man and this is who I'm going to be in the relationship. You're the woman. This is who you're going to be in a relationship. And like, look, like, don't embarrass me. Like, you know, don't beat me. Don't cheat on me. And like, this will probably be fine. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. which is, uh, and that served a purpose for the time. And now it's so inversed in that there are no clearly defined roles and we have very high expectations for partnership, mm-hmm. you know, and that like, relationships are totally by design now for the most part, which doesn't mean that some people don't want a more quote unquote traditional conventional relationship model. And, and yeah, expectations, people are like, I need you to be like my best friend and like an amazing dad and like a passionate, exquisite lover. And also like provide for me, but also let me be my independent woman self. Like yeah. we want everything. So I will really, ha- what I do encourage people to do is to really define for yourself first, again, kind of going back to what I said, it's like, well, what is the purpose of relationship in your life at this point? Because a woman who's 50 probably doesn't want the same things in a relationship as a woman who's 
32. Like you probably just don't. Or you want some of the same things, but also you've had enough life experience to realize more clearly like what you do want and don't want. So sort of start by just sort of figuring that out on your own. Like, well, what is it that I actually really want from a relationship? And really, I I tell people like name and claim it, like decide that it's like, because this is what I want, because this is what life has taught me, I need to be more fulfilled than I am right now. These are my desires. I need to kind of really be willing to own that in a way that is uncomfortable to me. Because if I've learned anything, it's like we are so uncomfortable just like naming what it is that we really want and admitting it and being like, I'm not going to shy away from that and I'm not going to apologize for it. And I'm not going to be like, you can't have that. I'm going to be like, no, I want this. Like, I think this would be a really amazing addition. And I also really recommend for people like go, and I think people tend to kind of do this anyway, but go as much as you can, like see if you can go into a little bit of like discovery mode in the dating process. Cause there's different like phases for dating. Like when I'm working with someone who's really young and they haven't had a lot of relationship experience, I'm like, you just need to see a lot of what you like and don't like. Like, yeah, we want you to get in a relationship or whatever, but like right now what's actually really going to serve you is if you can kind of just like get the lay of the land a little bit and sort of just like feel things out. And I think versus like if I'm working with someone who's 35 and she's like, my biological clock is ticking and I wanted to have kids yesterday Mm -hmm. and I'm really ready. I'm like, okay, discovery mode, not going to serve you right now. Like, You need to be more discerning and clear about what you want and don't want. But I think that if you can give yourself a level of permission to be like, you know what, I'm going to let myself be a beginner in this. Mm. And just because I'm um, doing this again, I'm doing this dating thing again, that doesn't mean that I messed things up, you know, for the past 20 years or whatever. It doesn't mean that I've like wasted all this time in my life. It, it just means that I'm getting an opportunity to, to really like learn new things, not just about other people or relationships, but really about myself and to have to put myself out there in a way that's probably pretty uncomfortable for me, which is, hello, very valuable to have to like yeah. throw yourself in that arena a little bit as much as we hate it. Um, and to really look at it like, OK, I'm, I'm here to like discover, learn and and above all else, I want to yeah stay true to this version of myself that I am today and stand in that and also stay true to what it is that I know that I want while also being flexible and understand that I'm going to learn as I go too. Because you might think, like I've worked with women who really felt like they had a specific idea of what they wanted. Like they had come out of um, a really, like a, a long marriage or they had kids and they were kind of getting back and they were sort of like, but they were functioning from this place of not even realizing like, oh, I just want the opposite of what my ex-husband <laughs> yeah. was, yeah. you know? Yeah. Sure. But then they would meet that guy and be like, oh, I don't actually want that at all. Um, and then you have to kind of be flexible and realize that it's like, oh, no, I'm sort of, I'm going to be like confronted with a lot of different stuff and mm-hmm. and be really open to kind of seeing what actually works and, and what doesn't work because yeah. we don't always really know as much as we might think that we do. Yeah, well, we definitely yeah. don't know. Yeah. I know what is that it's like the Mike Tyson everyone has a plan until you get until punched, you get punched in, the in the face seriously like dating yeah. is getting punched in the face like both of us were kind of like dumped into the dating pool like mid 30s and yeah. I hadn't been single since I was 18 yeah and I was literally like I don't even know what league I'm exactly. like, I don't know what league I'm in anymore like you know yeah it's just such a funny but we have a lot of people like that who listen to the to the show and they're like I don't even know like how and so I think your point about like deciding what you want because it can be very different than like what you've been doing the last 20 years or it's, what everyone else in your life has yeah yeah and I think that's you know I think that's that's really valuable because I think sometimes you don't think about that we're like I just need to get the same thing back or I feel yes. safe in a relationship so I need that right back 
And there's like some time to just like settle in. Yeah. Sometimes. You don't need to be as urgent about it. Yeah. And I think, oh, you just said something that like sparked something in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. You're like, you point and then you remember I know. it. And you're like, A lot of the times it. we're drinking while we're interviewing. <laughs> so that happens way more often way than not. More often. Like uh, sometimes I'll be mid-sentence talking and I'm like, if I just keep talking it slower, yeah. it's going to pop back yeah, in Yeah, my- yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, it'll come to me any second. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember. It's gone. Yeah. It's so, so okay. Completely personal note. Are you in a relationship and what are you looking for right now if you're not? I'm just recently out of a relationship. Yeah. And um, are you really public with your relationships on social media and stuff while you're in one? I'm not. Okay. I used to be. Mm -hmm. And then I was in a relationship when I started coaching and we were and he also was kind of like he had like an Internet presence or whatever. And I would share things. And then when we broke up, it was so painful Mm -hmm. and it was like. And it's hard when, and you know that like things are coming from a good place, but people would message and be like, are you and so-and-so still together? Like, are you guys? And I'm like, oh, you know what I don't want to have to think about when I'm like (laughs) going through this breakup, which is managing like your perception. Yeah. I was just like, I don't think like the public relationship thing is, or like the branded relationship thing is for me. Um, I also like, I was single for a long time after that relationship and when I was dating, it would be really interesting to to date because one of the questions that would inevitably, inevitably always come up is like, so when am I going to turn into a video? You know mm. what I mean? So like when, and there was this sense that like guys, and they would joke about it and stuff, but I think there was sometimes this looming sort of sense of like, is everything I'm doing being analyzed. just going to be content? Oh, yeah. Well, my boyfriend is like that right now. He's yeah. like, oh, is this going to end up on the podcast? He's yeah. Like, I'm like, yep. Well, <laughs> no, but, but like, yeah. you know, when I used to do stand up, I was dating a guy yeah. who I did when I was doing stand up. And I remember he said, he was like, please never make jokes about me mm-hmm. on stage. Like, I never want to come see a show. And like, you're doing a bit about our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was like, you can't tell me like <laughs> what I'm allowed to talk about yeah. and not talk about <laughs> on stage. Um, and then I was like, oh, you're just setting a boundary. Like, yeah. that's actually you're really like, healthy. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so for me, when when I got into this last relationship, I and it was true for him as well. Like, we made a very conscious decision that we were like, we don't want to be public about this. We don't want to share about this. We don't. That's sure. not at least not at this stage, you know, yeah. like. Um, and so I'm just coming out of that and kind of in a space. It's It's really funny because like. Obviously, like breakups are horrible, you know, and heartbreak is really terrible. But I also, because of all the work that I've done on myself for mm-hmm. so long now, I I do love just being like with myself by myself yeah, yeah. too. So it's sort of like there's this feeling of kind of like, oh, yeah, like reacclimating to what it's like to just be an independent person and to be like, oh, right, I don't have to check in with this person yeah, about stuff or nice. like. Or if I'm traveling, like, I'm like, oh, I don't have to be like, hey, is this going to work for you if I go here? Or do you want to come with me? Or, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's like. single is awesome. <laughs> I love being in a relationship, too. They're just totally so different. They're so different. Yeah. Yeah. Choices. I know. They're both great. And, like, so I'm really a little bit, um, as much as there's aspects of it that are really hard. Yeah. And I'm not going to, like, lie and act like that's not there. Because I also think that that would be, like, unhealthy and insane if I was just like, it's great. But, um. <laughs> But the level of, you know, freedom is really, really nice. And and also like, you know, I'm a big believer that it's like, you know, you don't break up with people by accident, you know, like it's not like it just happens like things end for for a reason or multiple reasons and stuff like that. So it's having to kind of just look at and accept like, oh, we 
gave our all to that and it didn't go the way that we intended, but I don't ever consider a relationship ending a relationship failure. Sure. And that's something that I really wish everyone would mm-hmm. take on in a big way is mm-hmm. like this idea that like, oh, it didn't work out between me and him. And I'm like, no, you guys not being together actually it's working it's out. working yeah. out. Yeah. But um, for you. But, you know, when you're in that space, it can be yeah. so. And I'll say also I'll be transparent that like being in this doing the work that I do yeah. anytime that I've gone through any type of relationship, quote unquote, failure mm-hmm. or dated guys and it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a part of me that's like, well, what the fuck, Amy? Like, you can, you know, like, I have clients who it's like, they're, like, getting married because they met their partner through our work together and stuff. And sometimes there's this, like, imposter syndrome of, like, why can't I? If I can tell everyone to do it, why can't I do it? Mm -hmm. Which I think is so, I just think anytime anyone's, like, a teacher or, you know, a leader in any particular field, like, it doesn't absolve you from having, in some ways, I remember my dad actually saying to me, he was like, you know, because he's been coaching for so he's long. He's like, when you sign up to do this kind of work, like, you're going to get handed, like, even weirder stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, he's so like, true. you're going to even go through, like, because you need to be able to yeah. assist and support people in such a variety of ways yeah. that, like, think about how this relationship serves you, not just as an individual, but also in your work, yeah. which is which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you brought up the social media aspect. Um, a girl that I follow co- posted the other day about does it mean like does it mean something if your significant other doesn't post about you on social? What a great question. And yeah, that say so much about like where we are. Yes, I it know, does. You hate like it's so embarrassing you have this conversation, but also it's real. It's and so a, real. And a lot so of people real. are like, no, it doesn't. And then some people are like, yeah, that's kind of weird. Like, so, why do you care? And you're like, yeah. I so do. Just... I love that you said you kind of because when for like for us we have a little bit more public uh, lifestyle yeah. people watching. So you do have to kind of decide how private do I want to be? How much do I want to put out there? Yeah. And also if I'm doing it and my partner is and I'm like, why aren't you posting? Totally. Trying to look single. What's that about? Yeah. So it becomes like, it's sort of like this like third entity that you have to kind of manage yeah. in yeah. the relationship <laughs> of like, or I remember cause he's, uh, he's a coach and a, you know, he had a public I don't want to say like persona. That's yeah. the word that came Personal to brand. Yeah. yeah. But he had like, he had a brand or whatever. And I would catch myself like sometimes he would like my posts and sometimes he wouldn't. And uh-huh. I would, there'd be this part of me that was like, which one? They didn't like my post today. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why no, not? Totally. And then I'm like, ew. <laughs> like, right. I'm like, like, I hate myself. Yeah. But also, why do you like my post? You're like, but also, why do I <laughs> like so, And then I'm like, okay, well, do I want to like need you to like every single one of my posts for me to feel like you love sure, me? And it's sure. like, no, that's fucking weird yeah. so like yeah. so but I do think that it is it is this weird third entity of people having to kind of figure out and also I think I think again it I think it brings up so many great questions about um like where we derive security from in a relationship mm-hmm. and like relationships used to be pretty much exclusively private except for you know family or friends or your inner circle there wasn't like people weren't posting like 165 wedding photos to a Facebook album yeah. like yeah. they are now <laughs> versus like I've seen people where I'm like, I don't remember seeing their wedding photos on yeah. Facebook. And I'm like, why is why, <laughs> like, why do I even think about that? Yeah. yeah. Or notice that. We actually did know? a whole episode on is social media, the sixth love language. Oh my God. Almost like public recognition, right? Yeah. Yes. Like there is some sort of like declaration, but then you talk to people who've been together for 10 years and they're like, why do you need that? Like totally it's, it's yeah. people who are constantly posting that maybe don't feel secure in their relationship. So it's, it can go back <laughs> either yeah. way. I think the same yeah, like I don't I mean, I'm I'm just such a believer of like everyone just has to figure out what works for them. Yeah, and yeah. for some people having a super public relationship like 
clearly really works for them and they like it and it's, it's a business movie then. yeah and 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 it's part of you know what they do I am despite as much as I show up on the internet or I've shared a lot of my personal life on the internet I also I'm very clear with myself about like where the boundaries are and what I share and don't share which I think is like yeah that's so important because I think when you're first starting maybe this was the case for you too but like the beginning it's such like a vulnerable like a whole it's like transparent space that you feel like you have to share everything Mm -hmm. or else you're not being transparent and you're not being vulnerable enough and it's like okay we can afford to get a little more discerning because there's still like privacy yeah which Mm -hmm. is different than transparency yeah you know what I mean you still get to have to pick and choose yeah you can share yeah. yeah, and I think and I think we've all had the experience too of like seeing something that someone shares and there's a part of you that's like <laughs> maybe you shouldn't have. Yes. It's like Brene Brown talks about the floodlighting yeah. thing, you know, which is like when you share when like you either fully haven't like integrated or processed or you don't have a real handle on whatever your vulnerable story is mm-hmm. and then you just kind of like toss it at someone because you're like I just have to share this and people are like so like they're like wincing (laughs) it's like you floodlighted them like you just shone a light so bright in their eyes and like that's such a it's such an uncomfortable experience to be on the receiving end of like oh I was just scrolling my feed and I didn't know that you were gonna be like showing up like that today which is your prerogative right but it can have it can have an impact that's actually very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. as we, great as it is, we talk too. about that a lot, especially with infidelity. Like we wanted to put our fucking husbands I on know. blast, but we didn't. We held it together yep. until we Good processed for you. fully. Yeah. But at first, it was like everyone oh, thinks this dude's such a great guy. Blah, I know, blah, blah. but like yeah, then you process and you're like, ah, oh, he is a great guy, but yeah. not for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I saw that a gal posted all these screenshots of her spouse talking with another woman, and I was just like, no, 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 oh, no. Oh God, and take it down. Did. Take it down, right? Take it down. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, we didn't talk about it for like over a year. I'm like, I'm not bringing it up until like Smart. It's, it's thoroughly gone and through, and we've figured it out. And but I was like, mm. that it is hard because you want to feel justified, you want to feel validated, of so you course. put it online. You're like, don't you agree? He's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let me get a little. I love like a good power trip. Like, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, this has been so good. So, how can people find you, work with you? Yeah. So, do all the things um, with Amy. Yeah. Instagram is like the hub where I'm most active socially. So, on Instagram, stories. at yes. Amy Young Co. Thank you. Yeah, I love my Instagram stories. I have a lot of fun over there. Um, if you want to learn more about like upcoming programs or my offerings um, in terms of my coaching work, you can go to amyyoungcoaching.com. And there's information there as well. Um, and then your yeah. YouTube channel has lots of fun videos. Yeah, too. my YouTube channel is like. I haven't uploaded. I'm on like an unofficial hiatus at the moment. But yeah, there's like, I mean, I have like hundreds of videos up there if you just want to get more of my flavor, so to yeah. speak. Well, yeah. Instagram's we where I found you and it's so fun and you've got some highlights and stuff and just your daily yeah. content is so great. Thank so. you. Yeah, oh my God. a blast. Thank you so much for being here. And our my last pleasure. question that we ask all of our guests yes. is this is the Best Life Podcast. So we want to know what living your best life looks like. Oh, um... I am. I always feel like I'm going to quote the late great Maya Angelou, which is, <laughs> she says, success is liking who you are, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. Um, and I feel like if I get to consistently check those boxes enough, you know, on the day to day, week to week, like, okay, like, yeah, do I like myself? Like, am I behaving in a way that makes it easy for me to like myself? And liking, yeah, what I do and liking specifically how I do it, then like, that's my best life. Sure. So good. Yeah. Because, so like, the good. scenery can change. You know totally, what I mean? Yeah. Like, the scenery can change, you know, and, and relationships 
change and so much is is movable and totally transient in life you know and um so I think always making sure that I'm like proud of my process and like my my purpose and how I go about doing things is so much more important to me than having some like vision board life that's gonna right. like yeah. meet all like, my sure. needs <laughs> so um yeah so good thank I love you it. for having me oh my Mike gosh dropped. thanks so much for taking the time and have an amazing rest of your trip in LA thanks and hopefully we'll see you out here again yeah, yeah. definitely all right all right guys we'll see you soon bye